Section 76 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 76 Trying on the Wedding Dress. What does she look like? cried mattie in a passion of admiration as they placed the bridal veil on the golden head it would require a poet to tell us said the countess and as we have one close at hand we will ask him mattie go and bring early here close the door after you i should not like everyone to know what we have been doing and presently early stood before a figure that seemed to him too beautiful to be real a tall graceful figure that seemed to rise from the waves of white satin and lace as a graceful flower from its stem through the bridal veil he caught the sheen of the golden hair the dainty color of the face the deep color of the violet eyes the sweet odor of orange blossoms floated to him doris he said in a low voice my beautiful love let me see your face it was lady linley who threw back the veil so that he might see the lovely blushing face tears stood in the young lover's eyes although he tried to control his emotion is it possible lady linley he asked that this is my wife that well i had better not say too much you do not think i shall wake up and find it all a dream no it is real enough then he drew nearer to her you will let me give you one kiss doris lady linley will not be horrified you will be lady murray soon what is my poor name worth that it should be so highly honored he kissed her sweet lips i must be careful he said you look like a fairy perhaps you would vanish if a mere mortal touched you now let me look at you darling at your dress your veil and your wreath the picture is perfect i wish that i could put it into words he did afterward into words over which all england wept then for a few minutes the tree lady linley mattie and early stood looking at her in silence they hardly knew why then early said when i see that pretty veil again it will be on the head of my beloved wife then they all three looked at the veil heaven help him he little dreamed how and when he should see it again if they could have had the faintest foreknowledge of that the tragedy might have been averted then early went away and the bridal robes were taken to lady linley's boudoir they will not be seen there said the countess i will lock the door and keep the key to-morrow it will not matter and mattie helped her poor helpless child placed them over a chair so that the shining robes might not be injured it was early who proposed a ramble to the woods 
dinner was to be later than usual let us all three go he said mattie with us doris it may be years before we meet all together so happy again so it was settled and they spent the remainder of that sunny happy day together they were sitting in a green sunny dell with the fall grass and wild flowers springing luxuriantly around them the tall trees spreading overhead the little birds filling the wood with song lady doris had never been so happy she had almost forgotten the dark background of sorrow and care mattie was happy for it was impossible to see them so young so loving with their graceful caresses and love without rejoicing with them this is like brackenside said early how often we have sat together in the woods there and mrs brace used to wonder how the farms would advance if they were left to us and well she might wonder said mattie even when i believed doris to be my own sister i thought her the most beautiful but the most useless of human beings thank you laughed lady studley it is altogether like a fairy tale said early if i had read such a story i should say it was untrue i should call such a story exaggerated yet here we are the living breathing actors in the drama it is not such a very wonderful history early said lady studley there are many private marriages many children brought up in ignorance of the real name and station many a man like you a gentleman and genius by birth rises by the simple force of his own merit to be one of the magnates of the land then she sighed to herself and her brightness was for a moment overcast as she remembered that hers was the only part of the story that was improbably or extraordinary no one would believe that she had been guilty as she had been how often in after years they went back to that bright long day early never saw a wild flower or a green fern that he did not turn from it with a sick aching heart they dined together the earl would not have any visitors it was the last day but one of their darling and they would have it all to themselves there they sat in the gloaming and doris sang to them who knew the pain the aching in one lonely heart who knew the quiet heroism of the girl with the brown kindly face and shiny hair the lamps were lighted and lord linley laughing to think how they had all been engrossed drew a large parcel toward himself this shows he said that we have something unusual going on this packet of periodicals has been in the library for several days and no one has thought of opening it it is the first time such a thing has happened he unfastened the string and looked through them casually one however seemed to attract his attention it was beautifully illustrated and he laid it down with a smile read that doris he said 
it contains a warning for you what is the warning papa i would rather take it from you than from print i have not read it look at the engraving it is evidently the story of a bride who on her wedding eve dresses herself in her bridal robes girlish vanity i suppose just to see how she looks the wedding dress catches fire and she is burned to death moral young ladies should never try on their wedding dresses beforehand what a tragical story said the countess i can never see the use of such stories said mattie they make everyone sad who reads them burned to death on her wedding eve said early and all because she wanted to see if she should be charming enough in the eyes of her lover there is no poetic justice in that what was the heroine's name papa asked doris miriam dale i always notice that if a heroine is to come to any pathetic end she is called miriam did she love her lover very much asked doris read the story my dear said the earl indolently it is not much in my line the engraving caught my attention a beautiful frantic girl dressed in bridal robes and wreathed in flames there is something terrible about it doris rose from her seat and opened the book then after looking at the picture she laid it down with a long shuddering sigh stories often fail in poetic justice she said if that girl was young and innocent if she had done no wrong why should she have been killed on her wedding eve stories are after all but the sketches taken from life said the earl and life often seems to us short-seeing mortals to fail in poetic justice although no doubt everything is right and just in the sight of heaven doris is growing serious over it we tried her wedding dress on this morning but there was no fire near it and no harm came of it i am no believer in those stupid superstitions although i have heard it is unlucky to try on a wedding dress still i do not believe it will make one iota of difference how can it said early calmly and they all remembered that conversation a few hours afterward the ninth of august came and lord linleigh as they sat at breakfast said laughingly now for a sensation what will be said and taught by the different members of this establishment when it is known that there is to be a wedding to-morrow it passes my comprehension i promised to be patient but it was almost cruel of you doris to place me in such a predicament i suppose i must call the principal servants together and tell them that lady studleigh is to be married to-morrow without form or ceremony of any kind there will be what the papers call a startling surprise we have plenty to do said the countess there will be no time for rambles in the wood ulrich when you have made your announcement will you go to the vicarage you have arrangements to make there and you must take early with you 
I cannot spare Doris to him this morning. So the gentleman went away. It is a strange whim of Doris, this desire for secrecy, said the Earl as they rode along. I must confess I do not understand it, do you? Not in the least, replied Early. She seemed very intent upon it, I think, Lord Linley, he added with a laugh, that I shall learn one thing as I grow older. What will that be? asked the Earl not to try to phantom the caprice of ladies but to yield gracefully to it you are a wise man said lord linley with a look of sincere admiration that is the true secret of wedded content while lord linley and early were busy at the vicarage where it required some time and some persuasion to induce the rector to believe what they had to say the ladies were wonderfully busy the news spread as lord linley had foreseen caused a great sensation lady studley to be married to-morrow and such a marriage no ceremony no gaieties nothing at all lady linley had however considerably changed the state of affairs by saying that the arrangements for the wedding had been hurried so as to permit of lady doris going abroad in august and before going she intended making a handsome present to each member of the household their opinion was in consequence considerably changed when the earl and his household met at dinner there were much laughter and amusement much to tell the rector's amazement the astonishment of everyone who heard the news the earl was in high spirits laughing and jesting all the more than he saw his wife's gentle face growing sad and sorrowful you will be gone this time to-morrow she said i shall fancy i hear your voice and see your face all day and for many long days yes doris said softly i shall be gone this time to-morrow but you will not be so very far away said mattie no further than london said early i like crossing the channel do you doris no i am not a good sailor she replied ladies seldom are said the earl still i have resolved doris last evening with us shall be the happiest she has spent at linley we will not have one sad word End of chapter 76 Recorded by Gabby Cowan